Welcome to Loving Wild and Free, a podcast by Bridget Woolley and Brittany Taylor. Here we share our intimate journeys of deepening our understanding and practicing of unconditional love. With our relationship as the point of focus, we tell personal stories and practice compassionate communication, which supports us growing together as individuals and as a unit. All are welcome here. We are grateful to be on this journey beside you. Bridget. And today we're going to talk about navigating same-sex attraction and specifically between women or could be non-binary, could yeah. be men even, but really we're going to be sharing about our experiences as people who have been more identified as women throughout our lives or maybe more queer these days, but whatever. Yeah, it's such a fun topic and we got so a lot of good feedback from our last podcast yeah just, sex podcast yeah just sharing more about the intimate details of our relationship and sexuality and so it sounded fun to just dive a little deeper in a different way and share more about for me sharing about like the evolution of like how I've navigated being attracted to women from such a young age and for you probably similar things <laughs> and, yeah Hell yeah. Yeah, I love that. And one of the reasons I felt inspired around this is because so many people have come to me or maybe to us. Mm -hmm. I think you've had similar inquiries and people have asked or have shared like, hey, I'm attracted to my female friends and this is kind of new for me and or maybe something I've always sort of felt, but I'm coming into a place of excitement about exploring it. And sort of like, how do you share with your your friends when you're attracted to them or like, how do you go about exploring with a woman for the first time? Um, just like, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I feel like a lot of people feel safe asking us about that, which I love. Yeah. Awesome. Well, oh man, where do we, I think we're going to share about our stories and yeah. interweave our answers in there. That sounds so fun. Okay. Maybe we can go back and forth. So I want you to start if you're into it. Just, yeah. Yeah. Sounds so fun for me. And I love that we talked about just like the primalness that you and I feel just like we feel like really like primal sexual beings. And that's always felt like an innate part of us. We touched on that in our last podcast. And for me, being attracted to women has always been a part of like my primal innate desires. And from an early age, um, man, I remember my first distinct memory as being four years old and um chasing this girl around the playground and just like being really attracted to feminine energy to the female body and that always felt so normal for me yeah um it didn't feel like I had I hadn't had those feelings for uh boys or male-bodied beings and so um you know this was 30 years ago and so um I was also navigating this this beautiful natural desire that was flowing through me that felt so fun and playful and like drawing pictures and then feeling kind of like not received, I guess. Um, Like there was something wrong with that. Um, And do you like, could you expand on it? Not received by this being in general or the world or all of the above? All of the above. Um, I think I was received by the being, um, 
it was actually this this girl that I ended up having a crush on for like out throughout elementary school. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> um, and um, I felt like because we were so young, yeah. I think it was like there was an innocence there, and, and she didn't maybe know what I was feeling, but yeah. was excited to like receive. The pictures are just affection from me. Um, I love that. And also, I could tell that people around maybe were like thought that something was wrong or. Um, you know, as I got older and still felt those playful, innocent, natural desires, I started getting feedback from the world that, oh, that's not right. Something's yeah. wrong. And so for me, I, I quickly uh, figured out that, or figured out I needed to be a boy. Or like, I thought that that was like, what was, that was the answer? That was the answer. So I started like changing myself and dressing like a boy and sometimes telling people that I had a boy's name and um yeah pretending that I had a penis and just kind of creating this imaginary version of myself that I really attached to where it was okay for this other really like normal natural beautiful part of you to exist totally and it's so interesting how that I think there's a lot of shame and for me like I think coming into it at such a young age when it wasn't really talked about a lot um I didn't really know anyone else that was like me at that time. And so I felt pretty alone in it. And I think that's why I um, uh, went to feeling like I needed to change my identity or my sexuality. And, um, and yeah, I think I was really sad at the time that yeah. I felt so much shame and guilt. Like I had to hide who I really was and for so many years I suppressed my feminine like I was so masculine just like showing up like beating up boys on the playground and pretending like I was the strongest and like yeah. it just like yeah manifested in these really toxic ways because I think I was so sad that I couldn't just be me that I couldn't just be yeah. Bridget in a female body being attracted to women or to, to girls at that time to pussy to whatever that yeah. that feeling um and yeah I imagine uh, that is like a societal quote-unquote norm that a lot of people can feel like oh well I feel fear around showing up and sharing my feelings to my female friends yeah. or to having these feelings and being sexually attracted to other women like I, I know that nowadays it's talked about more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's such a desire of mine here in this podcast and in this platform is to, to share more about that and to normalize that more or to create more celebration. Celebrating. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> around that. And um, so, yeah, I think just like normalizing, um, I guess over the years, I kind of lost my train of thought, but um this is great here yeah okay this is what I was thinking I'll share about my little childhood mm -hmm. and then I want to hear about like how you started sharing attraction with the people you were attracted to as you like maybe got into puberty and older yeah okay so when I my earliest memory like sexual memory around another being was with this girl who <laughs> she um she and I went to daycare together or it was like at our at this house in the neighborhood, um, a woman watched us before kindergarten. That's what it was because it was like a half day of kindergarten. And we used to play in the basement, like this finished basement, and we played doctor. And I just remember I always wanted to be her patient. Like I always <laughs> wanted her to play doctor and just to like 
touch me. Mm-hmm. Like, not even, like, but it was just, it was just the feeling of, like, being the object of her touch and mm-hmm. her affection and her um, attention in this way. And I felt, like, what I would consider is, like, aroused. Like, I felt aroused by this. And then my, my another good friend of mine, when I was pretty young as well, maybe the same age, like, yeah, I feel like it's probably like six, seven, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Um, we would play her neighbors. <laughs> so she heard this story from her neighbor who is older than us. And who knows if it was true or not, but she said like she had sex with her cousin. And we didn't actually know like fully what that meant yet. So we would play, quote, Christina and Danny, which is like her and her cousin. <laughs> and we'd be like let's close the door and play Christina and Danny. And we'd put like our, um, we'd put some of her underclothes on, like an undershirt and underwear and like get under the covers. And like <laughs> that was us playing Christina and Danny. But again, I remember feeling so like excited mm-hmm. about that and like wanting to be under the covers with her and just these feelings of like, yeah, it was so exciting to me to be in this like more intimate space with another female. Mm-hmm. And that was so normal for me. And then like throughout puberty, I was I was also like attracted to boys at that time, although I don't have those same young memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more like thinking I was like 10, 11, 12. That's when I was kind of more like dating, more like outwardly dating boys. And then with my female friends more like we would like kiss or make out or cuddle or and it felt like my sense was that it what it was to me was more exciting and intimate and personal than it what it was to them Mm -hmm. for the most part for the most part and yeah that was kind of my experience so like right from the beginning just feeling really attracted to the people I was attracted to feeling like it was just so normal and then starting to get this sense my earliest memory I was in sixth grade and like that I wanted to like keep making out and like holding and touching and like bringing close to me my best friend in this way that she didn't necessarily like feel the same excitement about Mm -hmm. and then I sort of repeated that like that experience repeated with another friend later on yeah but meanwhile I was also attracted to males and just, like, beings in general. So that felt like an easier avenue to, like, really explore and express. Mm-hmm. Um, with some other things, like, laced in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love hearing that. And I think, like, as young children, we have this natural curiosity to explore our bodies. Mm-hmm. And to explore attraction. And that we don't have weird stuff in there yeah, yet. Yeah, totally. Just like connecting with our friend, whatever gender they are, in the way that feels aligned for us. And I love that. So pure. Mm-hmm. It's so pure. It's so beautiful. And um, yeah, I remember coming into puberty and my first sexual experience was with a friend. And we... I was very attracted to her um, and I I knew that I was attracted to women and wanted to have sexual connections with women and kind of how you shared like you wanted to kiss and cuddle and make out and maybe wanting to explore things further but weren't feeling that uh, receptivity from totally your female friends and you know I think I had always felt that too like I wanted to like explore this further, but feeling like they weren't either feeling the same things or it was like taboo or there was Mm -hmm. like, we were told that like that wasn't okay. So it was like, we could have sleepovers and we could cuddle and take baths together, take showers together and be naked together and do all these things. But there was like a line or a boundary there. And 
it almost like also for me too I wonder if you felt this felt like some sort of like a a female friend code mm-hmm. like I didn't want to like break the code <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> like then I'd be like the weird friend mm-hmm. that people didn't want over yeah 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 I think I I felt a lot of that like I didn't want to like I had so many amazing female friends uh groups of female friends and I was always like attracted to one or a couple of them and wanting to express that but fear that uh, then I would be ostracized or made fun of. And I think I had had totally. I had been made fun of for most of my life because I looked like a boy or because I was more of a tomboy or because I didn't have boyfriends or um, whatever yeah. the thing was. And so I think I felt a lot of fear about expressing myself. And then I met this girl my freshman year and was just crazy about her. We were best friends instantly, just like, cuddling and sleeping over and just like together nonstop and um and she I felt the openness from her that she wanted to explore more and we ended up doing that um and we started sleeping together regularly and she had um, a boyfriend at the time and it was very like hush hush so we weren't allowed to talk about it and um just out in public we were like best friends and we had those boundaries um but then when we were having sleepovers which was most nights we were you know messing around and so it was very confusing for me (laughs) it was like fucking with my head in this way it was like oh okay I'm getting to explore this thing but it's not allowed it's it's I can't talk about this around other people and um and then I remember later on my mom had found a a love note that we were like writing to each other and um, we weren't allowed to see each other for I don't know weeks I can't remember it was very devastating and so that just I felt like I kept reinforcing that yeah yeah that's not okay it wasn't okay and um yeah so (laughs) that's more of my my journey there and man it's so heartbreaking like to imagine (laughs) like and especially like just like feeling such a desire to like imagining your younger self or yourself now like in such a feeling of love and really wanting to like celebrate that and I know how important I sense like celebrating love and love is such a big part of your life and this romantic love and partnership and just imagining how that could have felt for you I felt like my light was dimmed like I was yeah. like had all this like love to share and and then yeah, I was sharing it in, in ways, but just felt like, oh, this isn't, this isn't okay. And that wasn't, that wasn't my story forever. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're getting to the part where we actually talk about How? our recommendations. Um, yeah, my, I guess the little bit I could add here is pretty simple. So I, yeah, kind of fast forward in my life in high school, I, I kind of attracted a similar experience to what I had attracted when I was in sixth grade and it was like I was attracted to my okay so like this female friend of mine she's fun I mean she's still my best friend (laughs) and she was like kind of wild back in high school and go to parties and like Mm -hmm. be making out with a different person all the time and there was this night where she made out with two girls and I I was like how was that for you you know like so excited to hear that and she's like it was great and so we had a sleepover at some point and we like I don't remember how it started but we started making out in bed and it was so nice and I was really enjoying it and like expressed that I wanted to go down on her and she just said like I can still hear it you know you know these things that get in there in this way and she was like Brittany think about what you're saying and I was like 
I fucking know what I was, but I didn't say anything then. I just froze and I just felt like, uh, like I felt like it wasn't okay that I was like wanted to eat her pussy. And I had felt so turned on by that. And then this person I loved so much who like, gosh, she's the sweetest person and the most amazing best friend. And like, if I, yeah, there's no part of me that feels like she did anything wrong. But at that moment, it was kind of like devastating. And so I felt like I shut that part of me away for some time. And and she and I did hook up more after that. But it was um, more in the context of like it being showy, like at a party or with my male partner who I had at that time, like all together. And, and that was cool. Like I liked those expressions of it too. And also I think it was like more of a real thing and less of a just for show or playful thing for me mm-hmm. in general and, and with her at that moment. And so then like she and I had a couple more things that sort of just like I felt in for some time. And then I think I sort of stifled it. I think I felt like scared of that, like fearful. Actually, it's this funny thing happened. I, that, was, that was senior year, freshman year. She and I had a space together. Um, we moved in together into an apartment. And it wasn't like I was crazy in love with her and I was always wanting to like be with her. It was just like I was sexually attracted to her sometimes and like really wanted to play and explore that. And so there were like certain nights where like we had these bunk beds and she was sleeping above me and I was just like naked, like so turned on. And I remember during that time, I wasn't turned on about the idea of males or like male bodies. And I just felt this feeling inside of me, like, what if I'm, what if I'm just gay, you know? And it's so interesting because my family is so open-minded and would have just been so thrilled about that. (laughs) And like everybody in my life totally would have accepted that. But there was this part of me that felt like, confused at that moment I was I felt like but I don't think that's me you know so again it was like this feeling that society had put so many labels on things that I felt like it was hard to stay connected with me Mm -hmm. where there was nobody that had said like it's okay if you're just fantasizing about women for a while like you just got out of a traumatic male relationship like there is a naked chick sleeping above you like these are normal things you know who knows why and it doesn't matter why Mm -hmm. like some people are in relationships with women their whole life and then have a relationship with a man or vice versa and yeah again just like feeling like there wasn't space in society in the container I had been taught to feel like I was okay and I was safe so I felt pretty scared and um I think I suppressed that part of me because I would I don't know like why I haven't like fully dove into that that sounds fun to now that I'm thinking about it but then um, I was always really connected with women. I grew up in a family of women. And when I traveled that next year to Costa Rica, I, I like attracted this <laughs> um, lesbian. I mean, that's how she identifies this an awesome Costa Rican chick at a bar. And she came up to me because I had this studded rainbow belt on, <laughs> you know, and she thought I was gay. And we were just like flirting and hanging out. And I just was like, you know. like into her not I wasn't thinking about like sleeping with her or anything I was just like oh cool my new Costa Rican friend and we ended up moving in together with her like roommate who came from the states who was gay so then we just were really that's when I got into the L word they introduced me to it and I just remember like that part of me had been dormant for like I guess not that long maybe like a, a year or a little less and I started to feel it like reawaken and just like being really attracted to Shane in the L word and then other characters, but just like so having such a hard on for her, just being like, oh my God, like I just wanted to watch her all day. 
which if you look at old pictures of Bridget, it's really funny because <laughs> I look like Shane. Yeah, you do. and I also acted like Shane. Yeah, that makes sense. Hear about <laughs> she's super hot. Yeah, I want to hear about that. So yeah, just feeling like um, that was so suppressed that like as it was coming back up, I didn't even like recognize it. You know, here are all these signs, and <laughs> yeah, and then I kept having relationships with men, especially this one um, that like led into my next long term partnership, and then after that everything sort of settled Mm. and then I feel like yeah by the time I started my relationship with Connor it was like okay first of all we're going to be completely open like no structure to our relationship and like I'm gonna like continue to explore my attraction with women but in a much more like I think it was a time of me saying like yes to all of me like yes to the parts of me that feel attracted to multiple people multiple genders like Mm -hmm. just like fuck any idea of what I should what life should look like and that was such a theme in my life at that time and then I started to really explore attraction with women like outwardly without fear or shame Mm -hmm. yeah I love hearing that (laughs) the journey there I feel so much resonance and celebration of you and how that shows up now yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, after I had the relationship that I shared about, I moved to Amarillo. From California. From California. I was living, I grew up in California, and I was devastated to move, and, um, and when I moved to Amarillo, I, which is the Bible Belt of Texas, um, and so I ended up, I was really upset and didn't want to talk to my parents at all and just felt like wasn't going to find my people there. I was skipping school and doing drugs and just getting into a lot of trouble and ended up meeting um, a group of people um, that would identify as gay. Um, So there was like a group of like 20 of us that were, um, I guess not just gay, gay males, gay females in between, just kind of like all the things and started running with them and it was like um drugs and sex and um yeah parties and um and friends it was a lot of fun and also you know most of my life I had this um desire suppressed for so long that I when I came into this group and I started drinking and doing drugs I imagined that like elements that I had been suppressing were like really loud and screaming and on the tabletops without your shirt on yeah dancing on the the bars with no shirt on and sleeping with all my friends and and I was just like yeah just and celebrate like I imagine celebrating you on some level like you were feeling like confident oh yeah I was so confident I felt like I could just like hook up with anyone I wanted and I feel curious about the shift that happened there. I don't know if it was like alcohol <laughs> fueled um, w- w- uh, where the confidence came from. And also I think just being around people um, that normalized that. Yeah, totally. Uh, just feeling some camaraderie and feeling safe there to explore these parts of myself that I had suppressed. And, um, you know, I lived in that. Um, I had the kind of a main partner during that time too. And we were like on and off and also like hooking up with other people so feeling like more of a polyamorous or just like dating lots of people a time in my life and then um after that moving more towards like partnership and um dating and this was cool because I felt like when I was in that era of um 
I guess the age of 17 to like 22, I'll call that time in my life or 16 to 22. Um, I felt like I didn't have to practice like um, telling people I was attracted to them because it was just kind of like in the party vibe. Mm -hmm. People were like making out or sleeping together. And so it was like really, it was just happening. And then when I exited out of that phase and I got sober and um, started like date consciously dating more and like <laughs> wanting, I had that confidence. So it was cool. I got to go through that period of time and like build that confidence and connect with the parts of myself that I had suppressed and then getting to like bring that into like sharing about my feelings mm -hmm. and being able to talk about them and navigate them and um, feel into someone else's energy mm -hmm. and talk about that and yeah. all the things um, that that could bring up. And that kind of brings us to like what I think we're wanting to maybe like share about today yeah. is like if you've, you know, felt these curiosities or these desires, maybe you're exploring it or maybe you felt some shame or some guilt or um, you're wanting to explore it. Like how do we go about doing that? How do we go about sharing that we're attracted to our friends or to someone in the world or um and not feeling like we're rejected or <laughs> that anything's wrong with us or... totally yeah I love that you use that word because I think making friends with rejection is really powerful in that it's really just an invitation to know more of someone's truth and to share more of our truth and to remember that like we're fluid beings. We might feel like, hey, I'm sensing this attraction. I want to explore with you. And the other person might say like, oh, I'm not feeling that. Mm -hmm. and, and then maybe that really shifts things for both of you. You know, maybe it was, who knows? There's so many pieces why to practice not taking things personally, which usually takes a lot of time, like <laughs> taking it personally. Yeah. So I love that you said that. Yeah, and I think just, I imagine you listening to this, you're probably a pretty amazing conscious being. And the more I've explored conscious relationships, the more these lines of identity are blurred. Mm -hmm. And I love that. One of the first places I really started practicing exploring and just leaning into my attraction for women was at ecstatic dance, which is a beautiful practice you could look up. But it's just like free-flowing dance nonverbal space and I recognized I would dance with men a certain way and then women a more like reserved way and felt like I wasn't allowing myself to read in like if I felt a way I wanted to embrace them or move with them again it was that like is this a sisterhood code like I'm not supposed to like be too sensual and just but ecstatic dance was already an open container that that at the time I was in ecstatic dance it was starting to shift this was like eight nine, 10 years ago. And it, it, and so it was such a cool place to explore that. And there were already beings there, females who were definitely like super queer mm -hmm. and I felt like safe too. And so I noticed like the women that I initially would start dancing with like more openly were like definitely more obviously open to women. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I just found myself dancing with everybody however I wanted, but it definitely took that like I'm going to be me and I'm not afraid to be rejected. Mm. And I'm going to read the energy just yeah. like I would with a man or anybody else. Right. So it's like granting ourselves the permission to be, yeah, really conscious and open to energy. And ecstatic dance is a nonverbal space. So that was powerful to feel out. But, you know, in these connections, maybe with friends or whatever, like practicing using our voice. Mm -hmm. and, and we can use it in such a way that it's a compliment and an invitation and 
always an invitation to be more of ourselves and know more of the other person. And so I always love when I'm feeling an attraction for anybody, just sharing it as when it feels inspired and the time I want to share it, just like, hey, I'm noticing feeling excitement around like telling you that I, I feel attracted to you. I'm feeling like some attraction with you and I'm feeling it maybe like in this area, like I feel physically attracted to you. I love moving with you or I notice a desire to like cuddle with you or kiss you sometimes. And I really want to share that with you because I I want to deepen our connection mm-hmm. through being more authentic. And I feel so open to whatever you're feeling and whatever that could bring up for me or however that could like, offer us a space to grow into yeah and and really don't have any expectation or need you to show up in a certain way and like what a beautiful invitation like it's never happened to me where I've shared like hey I think you're really amazing and yeah I I find myself attracted to you in such and such way I've never felt someone say like well fuck you like (laughs) that I don't like hearing that I don't like hearing a compliment about myself yeah I love that you just ended with that because I feel like how beautiful to receive like someone sharing attraction. I think we're coming out of this time where um, maybe uh, fear around sharing intimacy, using our voice, sharing our truth um, and coming into, yeah, expressing ourselves more freely and sharing more vulnerably. And it, it is, it's so simple and beautiful to express like, hey, I love you. I care about you. I'm like, yeah. attracted to you. I yeah. feel this thing. Do yeah. you feel it too? And yeah. it's, you know, pro- I love that you said just like proposing it in that way. Like, hey, I may be like, I'm attracted to you in this area and I want to like kiss you or cuddle with you. And are you feeling that too? And just kind of like, yeah, gently opening up the space of curiosity and conversation and, and practicing using your voice. And you know, how good does it feel when someone that you're, like, attracted to and maybe a little scared to totally. <laughs> that around comes yeah. up and is like, hey, I'm into you. Like, well, how are you feeling? Like, that's how we met. Totally. You know? I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. And just, Britt just, like, came up and shared that attraction with me. And it was so – it felt so good to receive that. Yeah, I love and that. I think it does feel good to receive that. And, um, and like, confidence, I imagine, you know, comes in there and just feeling – like you just know it can't be rejected right right? like can't be rejected we can't can't be rejected rejected. yeah yeah Yeah, and I think like the more tender you're feeling about it or the more aware you're feeling of how it could land for the other person say you are in a more conservative community I know we have followers who share like maybe they've sensed this their whole life but they've been in pretty religious communities or like just different areas where that's not welcomed there's so many ways to share that are just beautiful and life-giving and not pressury. One thing I, I've used at different times is writing. Mm-hmm. Writing can be really helpful for me, like sending a text message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also just sharing like, hey, I'm noticing I'm feeling this thing and I really just want to share it with you right now. And I don't have a need for any response. And I'd love for you to just receive that. And if if you want to sit with it and let me know how you're feeling. So there's no pressure in that moment mm-hmm. or, or sharing something like, Hey, I'm feeling this attraction and I feel curious just what you're feeling come up inside of you. As I say that, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, yeah, like any sort of pressure around, I need you to meet me there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that exploring it as such a curiosity and, you know, also too, like thinking about spaces, 
yeah you know sharing maybe these people that live in more conservative places or for anyone really but like where is it more open totally uh, to meet um people that are maybe um more fluid queer, uh, queer. queer folk yeah and ecstatic dance is amazing like if you yeah, have totally. one in your your area um or like um you can get pretty specific with meetups mm-hmm. like a Meet, lot of cities totally. or areas have queer meetups at this point mm-hmm. a lot or just groups online even to start expressing yeah. yourself in embodied beings movement consciousness conscious communities, communities tantra um yeah come to move to austin spiritually yeah <laughs> but like really like conscious spiritually evolving groups um, yeah are, are a great place to to explore that and to start and to meet people that are just like open and welcoming and celebratory and supportive and yeah totally and if like this type of communication is really terrifying for you there's also authentic relating there's really beautiful you could just google it there's authentic relating communities all mm-hmm. over now that can help you develop skills in this type of communication and those are also great places to meet people <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you're really not alone if this is some of what you're feeling, even if it's like with different variations. And there's likely a lot of people around you too. So it's fun to encourage people to be lighthouses Mm -hmm. and to get to reflect on our younger selves who didn't know how to do that or didn't have people making a podcast about their experience for us to vibe with and feel like, hey, there is a space here of safety. And there's really, there's really amazing, powerful beings out in the world. Like there are so many of all of us. Yeah, that that are saying like, hey, not only is it okay to be attracted to your friends, like it's awesome. I mean, I think that's the best. That's the best way to create connection mm-hmm. is develop a really strong friendship and, and yeah, yeah. Then that container can hold you more. Mm, so beautiful. I love this topic. Me too. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share? Oh man, I could talk with you all day. Yeah. Thank you, Bridget. I love recording podcasts with you. <laughs> I, I've loved your journey. I highly recommend stalking Bridget online and trying to scroll through her old pictures. That's one of my favorite. That's when I met you. That was one of my favorite things to do. To see like Bridget throughout the ages. I remember waking up in the morning and then there'd be like randomly. Like a hundred liked photos on your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, my Facebook. Yeah, I have a lot of old <laughs> photos there. All the stages of life are so beautiful and it's so great to share about our journeys here and would love to hear yeah reach out to us please do thank you all also for your incredible feedback on our sex podcast that felt amazing Mm -hmm. okay love you. you